0: Welcome to School for the Dogs podcast. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening. Just a reminder, if you're a fan of this podcast, please make sure to subscribe on iTunes, give us a five-star rating, and leave a review if you can. You can also follow us on Instagram. We're there at School for the Dogs. And you can support us by shopping in our online store, which is at storeforthedogs.com. Mm. La, 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 la. Mm. I am here with Gloria Barden, who is an East Village native. I first met her when she... Uh, came to our puppy play times with two of her dogs but the reason I was interested in having her on the podcast is not because she has two dogs not because she has three dogs or four dogs <laughs> she has seven dogs in her East Village apartment And four cats. Did I did I get that right, Gloria? Three cats. And any other any other
1: animals we should know about? No, just the. I just have the seven dogs and the three cats. Only only those. Just those. Just those. (laughs) No turtles or gerbils or hamsters. No, I had a guinea pig, but my mom has it now. She really likes it. I do foster occasionally, though. Oh my goodness! So I actually just had two puppies in my house that I just got adopted this weekend. Oh my goodness! (laughs) So for a little while there, you had nine dogs and three cats. Yeah. Okay. So I wanted to
0: (laughs) talk to Gloria both about how she got to this place and what it's like uh, having to take care of this kind of menagerie in uh, a New York City apartment. And and just so we get an idea, how big is your apartment?
1: I live in like a, a pretty standard wooden bedroom, um, but I guess part of it is I'm the only one living there, so it just often feels like there's so much space. Like if I'm in one room, it feels like the rest of the apartment is empty. Wow. And, <laughs> I mean, maybe it's just, you know, I've grown up in New York my whole life, so have I used to live in that apartment with three other people, so it might just be like a relative thing. Now it's just me, so it feels really big, but even it. even with all that company. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Tell me a little bit about your professional life because I know you've worked with
1: you've worked with animals uh outside of your home for a long time. Yeah. So pretty much my whole life uh I've been working with animals. Um I've always been really interested in them since I was a kid. It's probably a good thing I didn't live in a more you know rural suburban area because I would have been that kid that brings home like every single animal that you see on the street but living in New York you know I didn't have as much exposure to animals as I would have liked Um, my parents were definitely super supportive but also realistic about what could be done in a you know small New York City apartment Um, I was really excited when I turned 10 and got my first dog who is going to be turning 18 next month it's very exciting um, but then as soon as I was able, I started working at a store in the East Village called Puppy Love and Kitty Cat. They do um, organic, uh, you know, healthy, natural foods. Um. And then you worked at the at Petco? So I ended up at Petco. Um, um, but I was really happy when I moved on to working at the ASPCA. It had been my dream since... I probably found out what the aspca was to work there and help animals um and they had just opened a new program called care um, which stood for the canine annex for rehabilitation and enrichment and the purpose of care was to take the animals that had been seized by the nypd in various cases sometimes it had to do with the dog directly Uh, someone was abusing the pet Sometimes maybe there was a drug bust and they found, you know, 10 dogs in the basement. Um, But the dogs would be seized as evidence and it was our job to take care of them. And if they had issues, which a lot of them did, try to rehabilitate them and find them new homes. Um, That was a really great, rewarding job. And it definitely took a lot of, it took an emotional toll. Um, But it was still, you know, the good outweighs the bad at the end of the day. So you must have been doing some degree of training then. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, All those dogs had training protocols and certain things that they had to do. And it was very, very important because if you didn't follow the training protocols, that could be life or death for that dog. I've heard about the CARE program, and from what I understand,
0: it's It's new because prior to that, the ASPCA had basically its own police force, right?
1: Yeah, so they had a humane law enforcement. Um, There was even like a TV show about it that I used to watch. I'm not sure why the decision was made to close that section of the ASPCA, um, but they did. And instead, the job of the humane law enforcement was then passed on to the NYPD And it was pitched as, you know, now we have all these, you know, thousands of officers to help with, uh, to help with uh, regulating the way that animals are treated and help with cases of animal abuse, which sounded great. But at least at the very beginning, I had experiences with police officers and they would just honestly tell me that they didn't know what, uh, constituted animal abuse or if something was right or wrong and um, they wouldn't really have anywhere to direct you because it was their their job now but they weren't properly educated it's interesting it's a fine line I was actually I listened to Brian Lehrer on
0: WNYC a lot (laughs) and they they were talking about this a few weeks ago about this program and and animal abuse and I I tried to call in but they ended up ending the segment before they took my call but but what I wanted to what I wanted to mention was how so much of animal so much of what I think people consider training mm-hmm. in my opinion is animal abuse and really? so much of what people do with a dog that they don't think is a problem I would say is animal abuse I mean everything from you know on one side like leaving your animal home alone in a crate for 12 to 14 oh, hours God. out of time yeah, or tied to a tree outside you know maybe outside of manhattan which is something people do for you know days at a time to um you know people who are over using prong collars or using shock collars or or you know like full-on just hitting their dogs in in the name of training all of those things might flipping yeah i mean if, some, if someone has a shot collar on their child, that would be considered yeah. child abuse. But if someone has a shot collar on their dog, that's just considered dog training to many that's people. That's actually
1: and what I always say to people. I'm like, if you see someone doing something with a dog that you wouldn't want to see them doing with a child, that's probably not right. Except letting them eat food on the floor from, <laughs> from a bowl. I wouldn't do that with a child. I mean, maybe <laughs> not a collar and a leash with a child. Though I do see those little leash kids in daycare. I know, like I know. <laughs> but I think that's a safety thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, I think that's definitely something that I think about all the time when it comes to the law. Um, It's kind of sad, but basically a dog needs food, water, and shelter. If they have that, they're considered, you know, having a good life. So a dog, you know, you see those junkyard dogs that are out in the, Mm -hmm. you know, guarding the junkyard or car lot or whatever, and if they have a dog house out there and they have access to food and water that's not considered anything wrong and you know we've learned a lot more about animals in the last you know couple decades and we know that a dog can't survive happily on just food water and shelter but but then again they're the law their
0: lives are better than most the lives of most chickens yes this is true (laughs) um so i know you 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 went from the ASPCA to Blue Pearl, Mm -hmm. and you were there. um, Blue Pearl, for those who are not in New York City, is a very reputable animal hospital, right? Yeah.
1: They're actually um, across the country, so people might... Oh, they are? Yeah, they're all all over the country. Yeah. And... Um, uh, They bought... uh, What's the one that's in PetSmart? Bamfield? They bought Bamfield recently, so (laughs) taking over,
0: you know. So you you have both sort of a, a background in... Um, in rescue, in, in for vet profit, care?
1: yeah. yeah. Um, it's definitely very different. I kind of took the job because I, you know, I was at home at the time and not able to work at the ASPCA because of an injury, and I felt like I was just going crazy having to sit at home all day, and I was looking for any job that had any kind of work with animals. I applied for a bunch of jobs. I got called to Blue Pearl, and I took the job. Um, originally i thought i was going to be very uncomfortable working there because of the for-profit nature of the company it's um for people who don't know it's actually owned by mars the you know known for their chocolate i guess is probably um the best way to talk about mars Uh, and so i just definitely had some concerns if you've been to blue pearl you know i think that they give great service but the price tag is definitely very high um some people i've experienced some people leaving who are unsatisfied with how much they paid versus what kind of service they got so it was something i was definitely concerned about i i did really like my job there um i felt you know working in rescue is very rewarding but it is you do get compassion fatigue you know, the way that the system is set up for animals is just, it's problematic at best. And it was hard to see certain things happen with certain dogs. I mean, is, is there an anecdote you want to share about your time at ASPCA? Um, well, i one of the things with the police cases is that the dogs actually become evidence in the case. So they're considered just like, you know... a a knife a bloody knife that's exhibit a that's what a dog is in the law in the case so you can have a dog at the in the care facility that is happy healthy could very easily go to a new home but they can't go anywhere because they're considered evidence they have to stay uh in the facility and that was actually a big problem when the dogs from the NYPD were being brought to ACC because animal care and control is very has very limited space and they would have an issue where they'd have to euthanize well maybe can you explain the difference between ACC sure. and ASPCA for um, those who don't know yeah so uh ACC is the city you know animal care and control they have to take every single call it's part, with, it's part of the department of health yeah every single call um, That happens in New York, whether it's a raccoon or a dog, they have to take care of it. If um, a dog is found, they have to admit it. Um, Any kind of animal, they have, you know, snakes, birds, whatever, they have to take care of them. Their government organization, the ASPCA, is a private nonprofit organization that is able to choose what animals they admit to the shelter. They, you know, sometimes can go to ACC and say, hey, we'll take that dog, we'll take that dog, we'll take that dog. Um, But if you, for example, show up to the ASPCA to surrender an animal, they're probably going to say no, whereas if you go to ACC, they really have to take it. Um, so,
0: so So the ASPCA works with the city, even though it's not a city organization, it's a private organization?
1: Yeah, so that's what the CARE program started doing um you know the ASPCA definitely works with ACC uh there's the they also the ASPCA also has a kitten nursery so during um kitten season which is getting longer and longer and longer it's when you know all the cats are out there making babies um the uh and then there are a lot of kittens that are abandoned without parents without anyone to take care of them the ASPCA will take them in um, so that's a program where they work with ACC because AC&C, ACC is also often picking up you know, kittens and cats. so they, they work with them, but they, you, know, unlike ACC, they have a choice with what they do. They can always say, "No, we can't take this, no, we're full. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't often do that but they can. That's kind of the difference between the private organization and the city organization.
0: So were there any, any times at ASPCA? I don't know, I'm just thinking maybe there's like an anecdote you can share about a specific dog or a specific case
1: that... Well, so, I mean... Uh, that left an impression or... Yeah, one of the hardest cases for me was a dog that was golden pit bull. Um, just such a sweet dog, uh, you know, really great pet. But his case dragged on for a while. Um, He was, he'd been there before I started, and he was probably there for almost another year after, um, maybe more like nine or 10 months after I had started. And it was because his case was going on, so he couldn't be adopted, nothing could be done with him. And he got what they call kennel crazy, which is, you know, they're living in these small kennels. They get a couple walks a day. They get to go into... You know, a playroom with enrichment, but it takes a toll living in these tiny kennels and not getting the attention a dog needs. Not having the enrichment and exposure that they need. Um, And by the time it was, he could have been adopted. He had developed a guarding issue when it came to toys and balls, where he would get aggressive if you tried to take the toy away. And it it was so bad that he ended up being euthanized. Mm -hmm. And um, it was just really sad because, you know, you can kind of understand if you get to play, if you're a dog and you get to play with a ball once a day, you're going to want to keep it. Mm. And also, I think he was very smart and he figured out that, you know, you can't put the dogs back in the kennel with toys um, because then you might not be able to get them out safely. So I think he figured out that, as long as he had the ball, he wouldn't be put away. He just wanted to be out with the people oh, that he it's liked. Heartbreaking. And yeah, and it's it's very sad. And I always think um, of all things
0: that dogs do that bring them to trainers that um, resource guarding, as we call it, yeah. is like kind of the most understandable because nobody wants anyone to. Yeah, no one wants anyone to take their shit. So now let's talk about your your personal, your <laughs> personal. Uh, shelter that you run yes <laughs> yes
1: so you have one dog who's 18 that's a dachshund right Yes. and what's his name uh her name is little d she actually does not live with me she lives with my parents oh okay um when they retired they want they needed to take at least one dog and i figured you know she she's a dachshund she's very stubborn she loves to be the center of attention she loves to sit in the sun and do nothing you know she's very very happy being retired
0: so how did you wind up then with with the uh dog number one well first you want to maybe introduce all these pets. sure
1: um so my dachshund who's 18 i got when i was 10 she was my first dog um i begged my parents for a dog forever and finally they gave in um i really wanted a doberman pincher and i thought that because a dachshund looked like a doberman pincher it was the same type of dog but smaller Um, (laughs) i should
0: say i should say gloria is wearing a shirt that says This girl loves Doberman pinchers <laughs> and bracelets. Let's see what your bracelets say. One says dog mom.
1: Oh, yes. And one says Doberman lady. One you says know, Doberman I like Dobermans lady. a little bit. You know, <laughs> <laughs> what is it about Dobermans? Is it because they look like a little bit like Dachshunds? Well, no, I liked them prior to liking Dachshunds. It's actually oh. a very strange story. Um, when I was about two years old and I was walking along Uh, Avenue A between 6th and 7th there used to be a cafe that had outdoor seating on the you know that side of Avenue A and I was just walking maybe a few feet behind my parents and someone had a Doberman and I wasn't paying any attention and the Doberman reached out and bit my hand (gasps) Um, I didn't it wasn't like a bad bite you know there wasn't any broken skin or anything like that but ever since then, and I can't tell you why, I've loved Dobermans. I, for some reason, thought getting bit was very cool. Um, that's a really weird story. It is. It is. <laughs> I, I can't explain it. Um, do, you, do you still like being bit? <laughs> not especially, you know. No. Huh. Well, maybe um, it was the first time you had any interaction with a dog. I think that's what it might have been. And it didn't. I just remember being very surprised. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm sure it hurt somewhat, somewhat, but I wasn't like crying or upset. I just remember being very surprised. So, and, so you don't live with Miss D anymore. So, who no. are, who are the dogs that you live with? Um, so, I have Teddy, who will be 11 in October. He is a German Shepherd Golden Retriever Chow mix. We think. Um, Where'd you get him from? He is from the SPCA of Greenwich, Connecticut. Um, we when i was in college we were thinking about getting a second dog and we went to a event you know stupidly in our head we were like well we might not come home with a dog we'll just look and of course you know came home with a dog um me and my mom and my dad just fell in love with him <laughs> <laughs> and then who's next uh next would be Bo, who's my havanese um beau is a service dog She's a great dog. She does think, she reminds me, you know, she was trained her mommy to take medication. You know, she's a very, very smart, very helpful dog. Um, I feel bad sometimes because I'm doing much better than I was, and I don't rely on her as much. And I feel like she kind of is like, what happened to my job? Like, you know, <laughs> what am I supposed to do all day now? Um, after Bo was Rex, that was when I got my apartment um, to myself. And, you know, I'd wanted a Doberman my whole life. Rex is a red doberman um and i was you know i had my own place and i was finally just like it's you know i'm finally getting my doberman i'm doing it i'm so so excited where did he come from rex is from a woman who i became friendly with
0: and then who came after rex
1: after rex was um so it's nero and amicus who are the two dogs that that you brought to puppy playtime yes
0: um, and they're Dobermans too, right? Yeah,
1: Amicus is a Doberman Australian Shepherd mix. So, what happened? Um, and let me let me preface this with I'm not proud of this at all. This is a self control issue. Um, but I was supposed to get uh, Rex's nephew from the woman, um, and there ended up not. There ended up being there's one person ahead of me, and. There ended up being uh, one boy, and I wanted a boy. So I was supposed to get uh, Rex's nephew. Ended up not working out because the person ahead of me took took the the only boy that was available, and I didn't feel like I could safely take a girl. Um, and so I, but I was so ready to have a Doberman, and I really wanted a playmate for Rex. So I ended up getting Nero, who is from uh, a South Carolina. He was very small. He was, like, living outside. He had all kinds of cuts on him when I got him. He was a puppy? Yeah. He was living outside. Um, you know, I guess that's something they do there. I don't know. But he was, he was very, very small, and he was just covered in all kinds of cuts and stuff. He's much better now. Um, but it took a while to, for him to, like, heal and be a normal-sized dog. Um, and after I got Nero uh, the woman who I got Rex from I guess she felt bad and you know she called me and she was like you know I know we couldn't give you Rex's nephew but the same dog who would have been the father who's not related to Rex it's the sister um, she the same father was having puppies with her daughter's Australian Shepherd and she was like you know I, I really like to give you one and I definitely could have said no, it's, you know, one of those things, but it's just, he's such a cute little puppy, and it was just so hard to, to say goodbye to that, and not, you know, I felt, I also felt a little bit indebted, because I felt like she was really doing me a favor, but it's not something I'm super proud of, not something I recommend, I always tell people, you know, don't get two puppies at once, it's not a good idea, and then I went and did it myself, so, Definitely a hypocrite. There, they
0: look. They look very similar. Everyone
1: thinks they're related. Yeah, um, they're not related. They're but they are about nine days apart in age.
0: So you have Nero and Amicus, and then you have Bo the Havanese, mm-hmm. and Rex, Rex, the, Rex Doberman. the Doberman. and mm-hmm. gosh, I already forget the other Teddy, first, the German <laughs> Shepherd.
1: So that's five, right? Yes. All right. So who are six and seven? So my original plan to have the actually have four, no five dogs. Yeah. And I was just (laughs) just supposed to get Nero, you know, that's still a lot. Don't get me wrong. That's still a lot. So I had this year where I was like, okay, I'm going to get one puppy. So first I end up with two. Then I was doing my foster thing. I had Alesso, who is a, I think he's a dachshund pit bull mix. He's got the uh, brown and the black and tan coloring, but he's like obviously a pit bull. And he's kind of short and long, but you know.
0: So, you were fostering him? So, I was
1: fostering him from ACC. He had come into the hospital, just blood coming out of every orifice when he was mm. a baby. It turned out he got into rat poison. Mm. He was treated for a long time at the hospital. And what happened was uh, ACC was ready to take him back, but the treatment for rat poison is just vitamin K. You know, they're not sick, they're not contagious, it's just you're supposed to give them medication. And the policy with ACC is when you're giving them medication, they have to be um isolated and they can't be on the floor for adoption and i'm looking at this you know very hyper young puppy who obviously needs socialization and thinking oh my god he's gonna go sit in acc for you know 28 days with no socialization no exposure to other dogs so you offered to to foster him so i offered to foster him i was like my house is perfect you know it's got dogs it's got cats it's got people what better thing could you ask for Alesso's so cute. I thought he was going to get adopted, like, right away. I thought it was going to be super easy to find him a home. Love him, but he's a handful. Um, what makes him a handful? He is very, He's he's a very good dog if he gets his exercise. He needs a lot of exercise. So, um, you know, a inexperienced dog owner might have trouble with Alesso, you know, just... Following instructions, um, he does have resource guarding issues. Um, he he's just he's a little bit of a mischief maker. He'll have times where he's like, "I want attention. I'm going to grab every single thing. I'm going to grab your paperwork. I'm going to grab you know, and just destroy whatever I can." So he's not a bad dog. He just needs a little extra mm-hmm. work than what I'd say like the average dog needs. Um, and but he's also he's also very cute and like a very appealing dog so there was kind of like the concern that someone would see him and be like oh like look at this super cute sweet dog let me take him not have the appropriate experience to handle him and end up with a problem problem dog that could not be well Mm -hmm. you know adjusted at that point um and you know, I'd had him in my house for so long, and he got along with my other dogs so so well, and they loved him. And it just, I just felt, I felt bad. I didn't, I couldn't imagine something happening to him. Um, and again, like let me say, these are these are my reasons. They're not excuses. I don't recommend anyone to have seven dogs in a New York City apartment. Um, this is just this is just my feeling. It's not. So, And who's the seventh? So the seventh is Tycho. And the three cats, did you get them as kittens? They're all from the ASPCA when I was working there. So this was when I had three dogs that I got my cats. Um, And I worked in the, you know, I worked in care, and care is right above the kitten nursery. You know, you see those kittens every day. And, (laughs) I mean, the cats are so... Easygoing and just like I mean I guess comparing them to seven dogs of course anything's going to be easygoing, um, but you know they're just so relaxed and so sweet and it's so fun to see them like bossing the dogs around like a little seven pound cat just like giving the eighty five pound Doberman the business. Um, but yeah. uh, what are the cats' names? Um, the two the two ones I got together. With, um, one of them is named Albus Dumbledore and one of them's named Aberforth Dumbledore. Um, and then uh, the other one, he's a Bengal. His name's his name is Hobbs um, for the comic Calvin and Hobbs. Uh, he just reminds me. I feel like if he could talk, he would say the things that Hobbs does. So
0: let's get into some numbers here. Like, how many hours a
1: day do you think you you spend taking care of of this brood? Um, I would say pretty much all my free time is dedicated to taking care of them. Um, You know, it's not that if I want to do something else, like if I want to go see my friends or something, I can dedicate some time to doing that and like plan out, you know, what I'm going to do. But if I'm not, if I don't already have plans, I'm with my dogs, I'm taking care of them. I'm doing stuff for them. Like how many, like tell me about feeding them. Is it? Oh my God. Feeding time. It's like, I don't, it's, it's quite an adventure. Um, I, you know, get... Do, do they all eat the same food? Do yeah. you feed them in bowls? Well, do you
0: feed them in the same
1: place? I wish I had a trough. No, they all <laughs> they all eat in bowls. Um, they all eat the same food except for Rex who has allergies. So he gets the same type of food but a different flavor. What do they all eat? Um, they eat the Honest Kitchen. Uh, it's a dehydrated raw diet. Um, I, I do dog nutrition and cat nutrition and that's just one of the best foods, I really think. Um, you know, buying the raw the meat for your dog is also really good but it's totally not doable with seven you know mostly large dogs what do you what do you think you spend on
0: dog food in a given month oh,
1: I probably I I'm very lucky in that the honest kitchen gives me wholesale prices um, so I, I spend less than if I was buying at the retail price but I probably buy two. 40 pound boxes of dog food every week and I think each box is like 35 or 40 dollars um and then Rex's food I probably buy every month and a half so I guess that would be about two 260 like 270 a month Mm -hmm. not including Rex's food which is a little bit alternating Rex's food is very expensive compared to their food. Um, I think four boxes of Rex's food is—it's definitely like two hundred and something dollars. But he goes through it much slower, right? Right. But it's still much more expensive. Um, um, wow. So that's
0: so forty times two a week is eighty times four is three twenty plus Rex's food. So something like four hundred dollars a month. Yeah. And then the cats.
1: The cats um eat much less
0: uh and do they eat on his kitchen too
1: no uh the only reason they don't eat on his kitchen is they're they like it but they don't consistently eat it well and i don't like to free feed them um so what ends up happening is they just don't get enough so what the food. so what do they eat uh they eat merrick yeah they eat merrick uh Basics dry food, and then they get like a variation of their wet food. Right now, they're eating Ruruva wet food. And
0: do you have to separate all the animals when you feed them?
1: I have to separate the dogs from the cats, but the dogs all eat at the same time.
0: So do you feed on different levels then, so you can separate the cats? Or um, do you different yeah, rooms? the
1: cats eat. Uh, the cats they eat at a different time, um, but sometimes they'll eat at like the top of the closet. Sometimes mm. they will eat in the bathroom by themselves. Sometimes they eat near my TV.
0: Now, now, tell me about litter. Do the dogs try and get into the cat's yes. litter? Or do you have a system for that?
1: Yes. I actually, I didn't know what to do for a really long time, and then a neighbor gave me the idea to put it in the closet and make it so that the door is closed enough that the dogs can't get in, but the cats can get in.
0: Huh, okay. Yeah. I used to have, a a, a, like, a litter box that had, like, a top to it. Like yeah. F- litter, I forget what it was called. but um, And walks. How do you deal with walking all those dogs? Do any of them go inside?
1: Um, occasionally, Bo goes inside not because of a lack of a walk, but she's a long-haired dog. You know, she she's a havanese and she's very low to the ground. And so, if it's raining or snowing or like wet out in any way, and she goes for a walk, her entire stomach and paws she's a white dog and it, they turn black. And so, I'll be honest, some days when it's like really bad out and I don't have time to give her a bath after every single walk, she she'll go inside on like a wee wee pad. But the other dogs, I definitely like to walk. Um, You really don't want to deal with a Doberman poop inside your apartment. Um, They're huge. And, you know, I I have, like, the little walk groups that I take them on. I like to walk the three Dobermans together. And all the dogs get along. They play together. They love each other. But it's just, you know, when you have a horde of dogs, it's very cute to see the kind of individual personalities and friendships and relationships. Now, we should also mention that you live up how many flights of stairs? I live on the fourth floor, so it's three flights. Um, old building, no elevator.
0: So you're taking, you're doing three groupings of dogs mm-hmm. up three flights of stairs and down yes. three flights of stairs. Three, three times a day? How many walks do you do? Three
1: times a day at least. Um, I try to get the Dobermans and Teddy to the park um, so they can really let out. Um, so sometimes that's like an additional walk, sometimes it takes over the, the midday walk. And do you have
0: people helping you?
1: Um, my dad helps me a lot. Uh, I'm very, very fortunate to have such an awesome father. Um, he retired to New Jersey with my mom, um, but he comes into the city to help me um, because, you know, when I, you know, after my injury, it's been a little bit hard to, to walk the dogs outside. I have trouble with stairs, um, you know, before I was injured, it really wasn't a problem. Uh, definitely keeps me active, keeps me actually leaving the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do,
0: did they, have they ever said to you, Gloria, why do you have this many pets or are they into
1: it? Um, they've never asked me why. I think that they definitely, I don't think they worry. I think that originally they worried about me um, just like you know, being able to have a social life, being able to afford to take care of the animals, just like typical things parents mm-hmm. worry about. But as they, you know, they've seen how I deal with my animals and how happy they make me and how happy they are and just our relationship and being a part of it. And they're happy for me. But like if they you ask them, like, would you have wanted your daughter to have? So, of course not. Like, mm-hmm. you know, do you feel like do you feel like you feel
0: criticism or curi- curious? Or how should I say it? Do you feel like people criticize you or or look at you in a funny way when you tell them you have so many animals?
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely face that. One thing that I actually really don't like is a lot of people... A lot of times when I meet people my age and I tell them um, my situation, they go, oh, my God, that's so cool. I wish that that was my... Like, I did that. And I know it sounds weird to say I don't like that, but I think that people don't understand the extent that having this amount of dogs is you know i'm i'm 28 i'm not a lot of people my age they're going out they're going to bars every night they're you know really living a very great social life um i'm not doing that and i'm okay with that that's the life i chose i love my dogs i love taking care of them i don't buy new clothes very often my money goes to my dogs like everything my life is around them can i go on vacation like Probably not, you know, but I just feel like sometimes people say those things to me and don't, and it make, it makes me worried that they will, it's like they're
0: envious, but they don't really get it.
1: Right. And it's, it's like, it just makes me worried that, you know, there's a lot of issues with people just getting one dog and not being able to properly take care of it. And it makes me worried that they don't understand how, how, how can I put this, um, The kind of commitment yeah the kind of commitment and the kind of energy you should and need to put into owning an animal and that it's not just like an accessory it's a living thing with a life that you know you don't I feel like very often people get dogs and they want their dogs to adjust to certain things but on some level you also have to adjust to your dog and there's you know things that the dog is not gonna change Um, and I just worry about the understanding I guess I don't want to perpetuate, like, oh, just get a bunch of dogs and it's fun, like, you know. Just to go back to, like, the raw numbers. Talk to me about, like, vet care. What are you what are you spending on vet care in a
0: year, would you say?
1: Um, well, I have, you know, one of the things about having all these dogs is I have to, I've had to network my whole life to be able to afford these dogs. I have connections in the vet world. I have connections in the dog food world. You know, I have connections in the behavior world uh, where I can get help. So vet care, I actually um, use uh, a friend that I've had in the vet business for a while and a person, a vet comes to my house and charges me for, you know, kind of maybe one or two general exams. And then, you know, for the raw materials of vaccinations and stuff like that, where, you know, if I was going to a, a vet with, Comple- like just completely regularly you know let's say an office visit is a hundred plus dollars you know plus all the other stuff it would be insane it would be over a thousand dollars a year just for checkups with this I'm spending maybe two to three hundred dollars and I'm just very fortunate to have people who care for and people- every for every checkup and you do that yeah. maybe twice a year mm-hmm and additionally, um, after I started working at Blue Pearl and seeing all the emergencies and just, like, the really hard situations of people having to choose between financial, you know, their finances and their best friend's life, um, I got insurance for all my animals. I got pet insurance. Um, what so company do you use? I use uh, Trupanion, which I really, really like and I highly recommend Um One of my jobs at Blue Pearl is to actually file insurances for everyone. And so I see all the different insurance companies. I deal with them. And I find that Trupanion is just the easiest. They take care of what they say they take care of. They're not going to try to give you the runaround and try to, you know, get money out of you where they shouldn't. Um, They just simply will take care of it. Um, So what are you paying for for that for all the animals every month? So monthly, um, I do get a, a discount on that. And... Monthly. For. Uh, it's 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 over two hundred dollars monthly, because um, like for the dogs I have half off, and then, the other three I don't have half. Oh, off. I would have thought it was more than that for especially for older dogs. Well, <laughs> the I have a very high deductible, mm-hmm. so the way that I kind of look at it is my dogs really don't get sick often. I'm very blessed that I have healthy dogs. And for me, if something bad happens to my dog, I am very happy to put out $1,000 and for the deductible. But, you know, the monthly money you don't get back. You know, you pay right. what you pay, and it's kind of a gamble. And so I pay a low monthly fee, um, hoping that nothing bad happens to my dogs. And if something bad happens, then I have a high bill. But, um, you know. And then what about cleaning? Cleaning. Um, so, you I know, h- I haven't been to your home. <laughs> would you, say? Would,
0: would you t- tell me about your, like, I don't know, the talk
1: environment. <laughs> yeah.
0: What's um, it like?
1: <laughs> so I mean I I it de- you definitely know I have pets. Um I don't want it to smell bad or anything, but it's impossible to disguise the fact that I have a bunch of animals in my house. Do you have air purifiers? I do. Um I clean very vigorously. I I've tried a bunch of different things. Ah. I tried those like Febreze plugins. Um I found that the best Thing uh, to help the room smell good is candles. Um, the candles kind of—I feel like they kind of burn out the, any bad scent, if that makes sense. Um, it's not just like covering it with some other. Do you have scent. a preferred
0: kind of candle?
1: Yeah. Um. Those. Pe- have you seen those pet candles that are like specifically meant for pet owners?
0: I've seen those. I've never known if they're if they're yeah for real.
1: I um. I was. I got the privilege of being able to try one because I, I always looked at them and I was like specific yeah, like, brand. Um, it's, it's called, oh, what is it called? It, it's, it's labeled like Pet Candle. And, <laughs> oh my God. It's I'm okay. I'm sorry, I'm forgetting the name. Um, but they're great. They're like, I never really bought one cause I was like, you know, I don't really want to spend money. It probably doesn't work. And then I got one and I, I was amazed, honestly. Is,
0: is vacuuming something that you have to do daily or?
1: Um, I have one of those like Roomba self vacuums that I turn on at night and it seems to the job I, I haven't really had any issue with vacuuming i definitely like swiffer jet a lot um and you know i really am very i just really want my apartment to be clean so i definitely spend a lot of time cleaning during the day and i feel i just i'm a little bit uh over overly paranoid about germs and stuff like that so i probably over clean a little bit
0: any any tips on on budgeting or or products
1: when it comes to like cleaning so one of the new things i discovered when it comes to um cleaning up after my dogs is um these essential oils that i've gotten into especially with my health not being great um i used to use nature's miracle all over my house you know love nature's miracle you know great but it isn't do you have a lot of pee and poop in the house Um, especially with the puppies I did for a while, Uh, but there's a cleaner that I use with the essential oils, which is so simple. I just make it at home. It's the lemon essential oil, vinegar and water. And that's all it is. Um, the lemon essential oil is maybe, I think it's like $15 to buy it. So, you know, a big gallon of nature's miracle was costing me like 35 and the, the same amount is, you know. Like twenty, and then you're diluting it. Yeah, fifteen, and then however much vinegar ends up costing. Mm-hmm. Um, not much. Not much exactly, and it's just nice because it's not it's uh, you know it's natural. Those are the three ingredients in it. Lemon is something that you know the dogs can ingest. I hope they're not sitting there licking the cleaner, but if they do lick it, if it gets on their paws, whatever, I don't have to worry about them getting sick. And it actually cleans. I feel like much better than the Nature's Miracle. Um, mm-hmm. I'm able to get stuff up more quickly. And also, if there is an accident that, like, smells bad, it cuts through the smell really well with the lemon. Um, lemon is a natural antiseptic. Um, it's stronger than Purell or any of that stuff, so you're really getting all that, that stuff out and, you know, safely. Um, but I like to make sure the floors are clean and, you know, the dogs are sometimes jumping on the couch and stuff and making sure that stuff is clean. My laundry, I, I have so much laundry that I do because I have a lot of stuff that, covers to make sure that the dogs don't get anything dirty and, you know, just constantly washing that. But cleaning is definitely a huge part of having these dogs and probably the least fun part really when it comes down to it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Would, uh, do you
0: see yourself continuing to have this many dogs Um, and cats?
1: Yeah. I mean, ultimately I really want to have a, a a rescue slash shelter Um, you know, I love my dogs, and I think I do a lot to take great care of them. I think they're very happy, but I would love to have them in a bigger space that's not a New York City apartment. I would love them to have exposure to their own yard, you know, to nature, and so ideally, I am trying to, you know, purchase some land that they can enjoy, and I can also Bring other animals, not pets, but other animals that need help and need um, a place to stay and hopefully get adopted. But if they don't get adopted, they have a place to stay. Um, and I don't want more personal pets. I think that seven dogs is definitely, I'll say, past my limit. Uh, and the cats, but I know, I know you're
0: on disability right now because mm-hmm. you. Um, fell when you were working at the HPCA yes um but how do you manage going to work for like an eight-hour day and leaving the pets when you were doing that
1: um when I was doing that I they would be home uh for the eight-hour day in the middle of the day someone would come walk them whether it was my father or a neighbor or like someone I hired and um that would break up the day for them pretty well in terms of going out and going to the bathroom. And then um, they're in the house. I have, I have nanny cams all throughout my house that I would watch them at work. And um, you know, those four hour periods between uh, they seemed to be fine. I just wanted to make sure that the biggest thing for me with them is to make sure that they have the proper exercise when they're in the house. They're actually really, really lazy and don't like, You know you think oh a big dog is going to run around the house they they're mostly sleeping as long as they get like a good amount of exercise yeah sometimes they say actually big dogs make better house pets because they just take so much energy for them to that's my experience to live (laughs) they rest a lot i know the great dane is like one of the number one rated apartment dogs Yeah. yeah so um i definitely am i i believe that big dogs i mean i've had small dogs in the apartment and they're they're a little more hyper they're more work you know um, the big dogs are pretty Any, Anything
0: else surprising you think about having so many animals that, that people would want to know?
1: I think that for me, part of the problem was once I hit maybe like four or five dogs, having another dog was not very different. <laughs> it was not, and that's not like a, a great thing, but you know. Uh, it's kind of like going into debt. Yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it's like. like. Once, once you're ten thousand dollars in it's debt, like what's like another, a, you know? Ten thousand Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. And, um you know, I I foster dogs still right now um with my seven dogs. I just had two little puppies in my house for about a month, and people were like, "Oh my god!" You know, you had two more dogs, and it's just like honestly, you barely even notice the difference that they're there, and that's not a good thing necessarily <laughs> but um that's something i would that i think was like a big problem in me kind of ending up with more and more dogs is it's just it's not that much more work because you have everything you don't need to get a new collar you have this hand-me-down collar you don't need mm. to get new food you are buying this food already um so that makes it seem like uh much it makes it seem just really easy and on some level that's a little bit true, but you know it's still a whole nother animal um and I love my dogs. I wouldn't change anything about it for the world, but it's they're my whole life. I don't have anything else without them, and it's just it's a commitment I made, and I'm okay with my decision. but I definitely caution other people not i mean unless that's what you want if you if you want to do that, you know fine, but it's not an easy thing. It's you know, it's a it's a really big um, big job. <laughs> big, big payoff. Big payoff, I mean, the reward of having these animals is it's you just it's incalculable how amazing it is, how great I feel every day. I mean, just seeing all those wagging tails and all the kisses and all the love, it's just. It's so wonderful. I don't think any, I've ever experienced anything.
0: If you would like to keep up with Gloria's adventures with her many pets, you can follow her on Instagram at 40paws2feet. I will put a link in the show notes. I think she's going to do an Instagram takeover some point uh, soon, possibly this weekend, for our account. So uh, make sure to check out our stories where we have a different uh, dog owner do a takeover every weekend. Our woof shout-out this week goes to our dog student Giuseppe, uh, who we call Bepi. And uh, he is a Cirneco dell'Etna, which is a breed of dog originally from Sicily. He actually lives with another Cirneco named Lorenzo. You can find them on Instagram at Bep period, and period, zo. Anyway, poor Beppy, fell off of a fifth floor roof a few weeks ago. He nearly died, but somehow he pulled through. He now has two metal plates in his back legs, and his wonderful human has kept up his training. He works with my partner, Kate Sinisi, just so that they can come up with fun ways to keep his mind engaged and busy since he can't do very much right now while he's uh, healing. So big high five to Sarah, uh Bepp and Zoe's owner, for just being a totally amazing dog mom. You made so much progress with Bepi before this accident and you are really helping to enrich his life during what must be a hard time for him and of course for you too and our fun dog fact of the day actually i'm going to do another cat fact since cats feature in this episode but actually last week uh in our episode about um pip the ginger adventure cat. I came up with so many good facts about orange cats that uh, I had some left over. So this one, actually, this is a fact that I learned during a brief stint I had about 10 years ago writing questions for um, the uh, game show Cash Cab, a very fun job I had for a little while when I was working as a freelance writer. Um, Did you know that the G in Gmail originally stood for Garfield? Garfield, the big orange lasagna-loving cat. Years before Google launched Gmail, Garfield had his own Gmail account that um, anyone could sign up for. His Gmail was called Email with Catitude and it provided email accounts for Garfield lovers. Thank you so much for listening. Catch you next week. Thanks so much for listening. You can support School for the Dogs podcast by telling your friends about it, leaving a review, or shopping in our online store. You can learn more about us and sign up to get lots of free training resources when you visit us online at schoolforthedogs.com.